At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Long Shots, VEASAN's premier golf betting podcast. Here's Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin. All right, welcome in and welcome back, baby. It's Long Shots, Kelly Bidlin and Wes Reynolds here with you. Matt Brown. He's, he's out. He's out sick this week. He's not going to be able to make it west. So we're going to start this week. We're going to start the year off with the two of us. Hopefully he's back in the saddle next week for the Sony Open. Should be all three of us going forward. Regular long shot schedule. Be here every Tuesday uh, recording the uh, tournament previews for you, for you guys throughout this year. So make sure to check those out wherever you can get, uh, wherever you go to download podcasts. Uh, Wes and I, starting with the Century Tournament, the Century Tournament. Um, Wes, try to count how many times I screw up that today instead well, of Century Tournament. Well, by the way, <laughs> and you mentioned that right off the top, we should say this is no longer the Tournament of Champions yeah. necessarily, where it was all reserved for PGA Tour winners for the previous season. They're still here, but they've added more players. If you qualify in the top 30 for the Tour Championship at the end of the FedEx Cup uh, playoffs, and if you make the top 50 of the FedEx Cup standings, you get an invite here. So we have 59 players in this event this week. Yeah. So you know, is that going to continue? So is that continuing every year going forward? Or is that just I, to help bridge this weird year? I would think it's going to continue. Okay. They had the tour championship guys in there last year, but yeah, I think that's going to continue as this is now a elevated or signature yeah. event, whatever the proper term is. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's why uh, you're seeing uh 59 players here it's usually about 30 or 35 yeah i guess that makes sense i mean if you're gonna do if you're gonna do multiple of these elevated events anyways you already had this one that was a no-cut event right it's Mm -hmm. easier to add a few more a few more people to it uh we'll get to everything for the century here in a minute it's been a it's been a it's been a few weeks uh since we last talked to you maybe a whole month i don't know about us but i was uh uh, when I was first thinking about digging into this tournament, like last week, I was like, man, I could use another month off of golf. So right. Enough going on. Yes. But I will say once I started digging into stuff, I'm pretty pumped. Golf is back. I I, I need some sports here to make some money on. Yeah. Look, it, it it's obviously Kapalua in Maui, uh, you know, a, a, a really, I think more of a special event this year. Cause it's the first event since the yeah. wildfires and, you know, all the damage. I think you had like a, a third of the Kapalua Resort staff had their homes destroyed. So, you know, a lot being done in terms of fundraising and promoting awareness. They try to rebuild uh, out there on Maui, specifically at Lahaina. So 
yeah, this carries a different significance and the weather obviously is going to be beautiful. And, and, you know, all the people that are in the cold weather cities uh, across the country are going to be like, Oh God, I wish I was there, you know, when they're in like snow and just nasty weather in their backyard. Yeah, absolutely. Last year's winner, John Rom here. Well, Wes and I may remember that or not. Yes. Uh, Last year's winner not will not be here off to live. That happened since we last talked to you guys. And then I mm-hmm. guess uh, uh, an, an update on not having an update on the PGA Tour and PIF uh, coming together here and extending whatever or creating whatever deal is going to lead to whatever Super League is going to eventually happen, we think. Uh, that's been extended, their deadline, right, to what the start of the Masters is what they're calling it now, Wes? Yeah, yeah, they keep extending it. You know, basically, uh, you know, like these are – high level United nations or international right. negotiations. But as you did mention in early December, John Rahm uh, did sign with live golf. Uh, and, you know, it had kind of been rumored for a little while, even though he declared his loyalty about a year before to the PGA tour. But now that he won the masters, he's exempt in all the majors for a few more years and the masters for life. Yeah. And he's up there in the world rankings enough. I think he's he's number three currently, I believe. So he's up there enough where like not getting world ranking points on live doesn't hurt him from that standpoint. But it felt like we were going to have a done deal. And then maybe live struck back that like, hey, we can take one of your top guys whenever we want because we have this money. So, you know, eventually there's going to have to be some kind of, of, of unification and 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 I, I think what the end game is for the uh, PIF, the public investment fund, they want to buy into the PGA Tour because yeah. that's their first foray into American sport. And they want to get into all American sports. This isn't just golf, okay? Eventually, the holy grail is, you know, maybe buying an NBA franchise or an yeah, NFL franchise. So NBA that's Europe, that's I think, is coming, coming quicker, yeah, than, quicker yeah, than Absolutely. Later. <laughs> this, is, this is becoming uh, more global, and uh, you're going to have this, this group that has – these hundreds of billions of dollars, they want to get into American sport and that's their way to kind of become a player on the world stage. And it, it, it just feels like it's almost futile to kind of stop it, even though it doesn't like, it doesn't feel right. And it doesn't sit right. You, yep. you just know this is you, almost it, an eventuality. Yeah. It's, it's feeling inevitable. And if that's, you know, if that's the feeling, then I, it, you know, I, I think that it, it becomes more understandable um, as time goes on, why the PGA tour is kind of, you know, kind of did the, I, you know, struck the deal that they did or, you know, or going mm-hmm. to struck the de- strike the deal that they're going to. Um, and frankly, I've, I've gotten a few questions about this, Wes, about like what, you know, the, why hasn't a deal been done yet? Why isn't this all set up? Right. I, I would say that, like, I think it's more of a positive for golf, you know, for golf fans that want to see everybody back playing golf together. I think it's a positive that, Yes, it's annoying this hasn't been done yet. Yet, Yes, we're looking at an extension to the Masters, but you just said it, man. All the money that the, that the public investment fund has, like if they were mm-hmm. sick of this and they were they were done negotiating with the PGA Tour, they'd be, they'd have pulled out by now already. Like right. that would have happened already. So I, right. I think they are committed to getting something done with the PGA Tour. And, and so I think for most golf fans, if that's what you're really looking for, Ahead, looking forward to seeing is all those guys playing together at some point in whatever league they decide to create together here. I still think there's, you, you should absolutely be holding out hope for that. I, I think yeah. that this, I think they would have walked by now and would have said, like you said, 
hey, we can take your guys whenever the hell we want, like we just mm-hmm. did with John Rom. Like, I think they're in that kind of position. If they really wanted to make this a true war, they they really could between uh between living the PGA tour. I think they're more their prior priority is getting into the US sports market, mm-hmm. like you're talking about. So, and 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 when you also consider this, uh PGA Tour back in December announced uh advancing negotiations with a group called the SSG or whatever it's called, Strategic Sports Group, Private Equity Investment. And the guys that are behind that are the Fenway Sports Group, which owns the Red Sox and the Penguins and Liverpool and NASCAR team, uh, Fenway Park. And, you know, you have other members of this venture capital group, Arthur Blank, the owner of the Atlanta Falcons, Whit Grossbuck, uh, the owner of the Celtics, Mark Lasry of the Milwaukee Bucks, Tom Ricketts of the Chicago Cubs, Cohen Private Ventures, which is the New York Mets. So, these are like really, really wealthy people, but still it feels like it pales in comparison to what yeah. the PIF is, is willing to spend. Cause it does, right? It does. Like it's, it's crazy. Yes. It's crazy. That's what they're all trying to do. So, Hey, whenever we know more on that front, we'll update you. But as far as the PGA tour season beginning, we are rolling it into, into it just like it's any other year. We do have this new adjusted schedule. So that will be interesting for us to navigate through as betters as we go through uh, the whole the whole season here, uh, and you're going to have your live events uh, as well. That will be going on uh, for sure. But as we as we start things, it is in Hawaii. It is in Maui. It's a Century Tournament. Uh, here we're going to have 59 players as we, as Wes just told you. This will be a no cut event. Uh, this is at the Plantation at Kapalua. Uh, we're all very familiar with that. They've been playing this uh, tournament here for a while now. It is a near 70 7600 yard course par 73 is what you're looking at zero water danger holes does have 93 bunkers fourth most uh on tour it is the 12th longest on tour as well uh plays very easy though i'm gonna hand it over to Wes here for a full course breakdown in a second what the odds board looks like right now scotty scheffler uh your favorite plus 550 victor hovland nine to one can't lay and homa and morikawa all 12 to one over at DraftKings. Sanders Shoffley. Ludwig Ober, 14 to 1 over at DraftKings. Fitzpatrick, Jordan Speeth, 22 to 1. Hatton Fleetwood, Tom Kim, 25 to 1. Everybody else, 30 to 1 or longer. Just a reminder, recent winners that we have seen here. John Rahm last year, Cam Smith the year before that. So, uh, hey, if you win here, maybe you get a live invite. Harris English in 2021. Justin Thomas in 2020. That was where we did see wind affect that. Uh, affect this tournament that is going to be uh basically the biggest uh defense for the course that you have to look out for but Wes I'm going to kick it over to you as you do every single week you got a great tournament right up great course right up at vston.com break down the course setup for us sir yeah and and you mentioned uh just one more thing on the field here uh Mm -hmm. 59 total 21 of the top 25 38 of the top 50 in the official world golf ranking. So still a very good field, even with the defectors. And and by the way, Rory McIlroy was eligible. He is not playing. He'll kick off his season, I believe, in two weeks in Dubai, as he customarily does uh, over there on the DP World Tour. But in terms of the course, you mentioned it, Plantation Course at Kapalua Resort. 1991, designed by Bill Coor and Ben Crenshaw. Uh, it is a rare par 73. The only one on the PGA Tour only has three par threes. 36 going out, 37 coming in, 75-96, 12th longest on tour. It played as the easiest, actually, last year. 
11 par fours, but eight of them are 425 yards or shorter. Has a lot of elevation changes, so you do get some uneven lies and even some blind shots into the pins. Ball's going to carry a little bit more than it typically does. But you mentioned the fairways, how wide and generous they are, about 50 yards wide. I think they're the second most wide on the tour. Yeah. It's all Bermuda throughout the course, tee to green, and including the greens. Uh, uh, the greens are actually pretty big, too, 8,700 square feet on average. That's the largest on the tour, and they're very slow, 10 and a half on the stint meter. So you're going to have to have your lag putting in play. A lot of bunkers here, 93, fourth most on tour, but no water on the layout. It is susceptible to wind, so it will play harder. But if the wind doesn't blow, these guys are going to shoot really, really low. High 20 unders, maybe even 30. Hell, we saw 34 under with Cam Smith uh, a couple years ago. So, you know, what 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 they've done, they did renovate in 2009 where they laid that Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass, which is a little more smoother and has less contours and, and stuff than normal Bermuda. So they did make some changes, uh, as I mentioned, 75, 96, par 73. So, you know, looking at this course, this is there for the taking. And some guys, you know, it's a good place to get the rust off, as Patrick Cantlay said. But some guys, if they've been active, at least in the November, December months, they're not going to be as rusty here for this event. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a – we'll dive into all of it. I think this with this being the first tournament of the year, just how we go about, uh, you know, betting and attacking each one of these different tournaments, I think at different times of year – um, is always interesting uh, for people to listen to. Wes, I don't know how uh, how you attacked him. I think we're usually pretty pretty uh, lock and step together on stuff like this. But it is a like this is one I'm still holding back a little bit on. This is the this is the first time a lot of these guys are playing. As you mentioned, you're going up against some guys that have been playing fair have been fairly active this fall and playing a lot of golf. And some of these guys we haven't seen since last summer. So um, never an event I get too invested in. Uh, always wanted to like to fire a few outrights on. I do think that there are when you talk when you talk outright numbers, it's there's some of these guys like we're talking about haven't been played from from last, since last summer. You don't really know where their game's at, right? right? Good, good or bad. So does that create value on the outright market? I think it does. I sure think it does. So it's one of those. It's kind of one of those roller coaster events from an odd standpoint that I always find it interesting to see what odds you get on different guys. Um, finishing positions, matchups. It's a little early in the season for me for me to be jumping into a lot of that, especially in a shortened field event, right? Mm-hmm. Here. We only have 59 guys. So that, that's not stuff I even really looked at much. I might look at some matchups just to see if there's any that jump out and, to me. But And this is where early in the year, maybe you do a little bit of research and see, okay, who's got an equipment change, yep. who's got a caddy change. Sometimes that's for the good. Sometimes that's not for the better. So you know, you want to look at you want to look at little things like that and little nuances because sometimes you can get equipment change. It's it's tough the first couple tournaments. Yep, and you know, you guys will hear us if you if you've listened to the pod the past couple of years. This has really been, uh, you know, Matt West and I do a lot of stat modeling when it comes to golf uh, every every season, each and every tournament. Um, that really picks up, I think, for us more as we get into the heart of the season. We have more data that's more recent history data to be to really go off of when you have events like this. It's kind of a hard reset. You've got to look at kind of more longer term data. And, and Wes, I kind of, I still kind of stat model everything. I, you know, I get that question from people often. I still run models on every every tournament. But it's more mm-hmm. sometimes it's more just to kind of back up what what I'm I already have in mind and have some numbers to go off of. Um, I'm not sure if you do the same thing, but when we go 
really, really falling back on those. It's it's when we have more information on these guys and what they've done through the season so far. So you'll at least hear me bring that up more often in, you know, a month from now, you know, six weeks from now, two months from now, that kind of time. These first couple tournaments, it's a little bit more, a little bit more gut feel, a little bit more long term when you look at stats. At yeah, yeah. Like I went more 50 rounds because it's hard yeah. to go 24, 36 because like some guy last 24 rounds, it might only date back to like October. Some it dates back to maybe like July or August. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, depending on how active the players are. So that's well, why they've I think, been hurt or something. Yeah. It might be like a year and a half. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's why I think going 50 rounds is, is really the good uh, baseline. Uh, but like in terms of the recent winners here, it's interesting because you have more players. It's 59. So keep in mind some of these, like I put, I always put the recent winners and what their prices were, what their scores were. So you're going to see a lot of chalky winners like Rom, yeah. seven to one. Cameron Smith was 25. Harris English, 33. But Justin Thomas won this at like 11 to two. Shoffley, 22 to one. Dustin Johnson, 15 to two. So as you can see, Speef won it one year, I think 2016, five to one. So mostly class players still win this event. Yeah, and that would be I mean, it, the easy explanation I guess when I had when, when I have to explain that one for people is this is one of the easiest resort courses that that these guys will play on all year and you usually don't see this high level of players playing those type of events, right? This right. many of high level players playing those type of events through a PGA Tour season. So yes, it is often it's going to you're going to see a lot of low scores from everybody here. But oftentimes, this is this is one of those courses where the 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 best guys can win just because they're going to pour in more birdies than the other mm-hmm. guys around. Them, mm-hmm. Right? It is one of those. Yeah. It's one of, we rarely see these this quality of player playing in a birdie fest type event. But like you said, for Patrick Cantlay and a lot of these guys, it's a it's always been the the start of the season. So you know, it's usually been the tournament of champions. So it is a little bit of honor for having won the year before. But this is a perfect course to get your season started off for these guys. You got these wide ass open fairways that are 50 mm-hmm. yards long. So a lot of these guys can just take driver and bomb it. Um, you talked about the elevation changes sometimes that that kind of helps equalize the di- the distance sometimes. Yes. Right. You get a roll for some of the shorter hitters uh, out there. But at least for guys that are, tr- that are testing things and trying things. If you read quotes from all the golfers, it is, man, I'm taking driver off the tee for the most part. And then it's. Hey, this this course is is at least interesting and different enough, and a lot with the bunkers involved and the big green complexes like you're talking about. Yeah. That these guys have to get a little creative with shots sometimes too. So it does it does allow I I think golfers to get out there and really kind of test some some of their full you know full capabilities of what they're entering the season with. And and there is rough here, but it's not really that penal. It's like yeah. two to two and a half inches so you really don't get i mean you might get some like tricky lies but it's not like deep stuff so you really don't get in trouble very much off the tee here yeah i was i was gonna save it for next segment west but if you did have uh particular stats that you dug into i do think that this is um yeah if you dug into let's let's go over those now i'll go over the stuff that i looked at I didn't really tweak but but much of my model or much of the stats right. I looked at from last year because Wes and I might have had Colomore Cow that was looking really yeah. damn good uh heading yeah. into that final yeah. six, day. Six shot lead and <laughs> at one point led by seven 
John Rahm, by the way, to win that tournament had to shoot 10 under. It's incredible. But it's incredible. Morikawa makes that bogey stretch on the back nine, bogeys three in a row. I thought we were going to start out with the winner. I'm like, this is, this is, you never want to count it because you never really know. And it was a lesson learned if you do do that because it's never over. But boy, I was feeling pretty good that that was going to be a winner in the first event of the season. And then, it ended yeah. up not being. I mean, that was like that was like me and Wes had cash tickets, and we were walking out to our car in the parking lot, and John Rom with a mask and a crowbar just came out our he knees. He did. Uh, <laughs> it took all our money away, man. That was, it was a rough start, man. I know you ended up having had a better season than me. I don't really know if if I don't want to say I mentally got got stuck in that from that uh, from that second place finish, but oh man, the second places didn't stop uh, coming for me after that one. Um, so I, it is, it is one that, uh, for sure I'm looking to get over, but it's a new year. That's right. It's a new year. year, I would love to get over it and get over it with a win here early. That would be really nice. Um, as far as stats that I did look at, I did look at some off the tee driving distance stuff. Again, this is a real, really long course, wide open fairways distance definitely doesn't hurt you here. Um, not one that I think is overly crucial though, just because of the, um, some of the terrain that's going to give you some of these guys that are, are shorter hitters, some kicks. Uh, kick forward a little bit. Uh, stroke gain approach definitely looked at that. Some different proximity buckets. I think you are looking at, uh, you know, everybody's going to be hitting a lot of wedges here, right? So even less than 100 yards, I think is important to look at 100, 125. And then also along the long end, so 200 plus. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of par fours here. Um, so I think when you're getting some of those longer par fours, you are going to see those long irons come into play. You're going to get scoring here. So opportunities gained, birdies are better gained. Uh, definitely ones that I had in my model here this week. Strokes gain on the par fives and the par fours. You got to be you got to be hitting birdie or eagle on the par fives and the par fours. There's eleven of them, right, Wes? Um, so you got. I mean, that's the bulk of what you're seeing out there. You got to attack the par fours and make some birdies there. Big green complexes. You've probably heard me say it ten thousand times on this pod before, but if we're ever talking about big green complexes, I'm always going to look at three putt avoidance. Try to take that out. You want to. You want someone just like opportunities getting. You want someone that's going to hit this, hit the ball close to the pin. Hopefully one or two putting you're in. Um, and then strokes game putting on Bermuda. It's not, you're not often going to hear me talking about strokes game putting, but I think when you are dealing with an all Bermuda course like this, Bermuda greens, we do know these guys that typically do better on Bermuda. Um, I did punch those in. Um, Wes, what did you look at this week? Uh, same here. Uh, B.O.B., birdie or better gained yep. uh, uh, approach. And then the proximities that you mentioned, 200 plus and 75 to 100. I think you're going to get that. You're going to get a lot of wedge shots here from uh, 100 yards and in. Uh, driving distance gained is what I looked at. Driving distance is like nine yards longer here on average over the last five years compared to any PGA Tour event. So the accuracy, not all that crucial here. Par five scoring, strokes gained, Bermuda putting. I, I looked at bogey avoidance, uh, and you could use three putt as yeah. well. I looked at bogey avoidance because these are big greens. So, you know, you're, it feels like you're almost going to be scrambling for birdies instead of scrambling for pars, but you still got to be, I think, a pretty good lag putter here uh, because, you know, there may be times it, it's a little bit tricky when you're outside of 20 feet. So greens, I think, are a little less tricky than they used to be since they relayed those greens in 2019 with the Tiff Eagle. So you get a lot of the contours kind of out of the green, but still very slow at 10 and a half on the stem. Yeah, and we'll, uh, I, I, you know, I think if there were, if this was a different type of tournament, we expected some tighter scores um, and some worse scores. Like, look, this is, yes, are there a lot of bunkers here? There are. Are these green complexes interesting around the greens? Yeah, they are. 
I, I didn't punch. I didn't really look at any of that stuff, though, Wes. We know this is a birdie fest. If you're yeah. going to be if you're stuck in the sand or not hitting greens, you're in trouble here. I mean, we, we saw we saw these scores, uh, you know, scores that John Rahm put up on the final day last year. We saw what Cam Smith did the year before that. This is a tournament that you have to be making birdies at. It's not just pars and birdies. It is birdies or better, really, mm. that you got to be making at this tournament. So I don't even know that some of that stuff is really lo- worth looking at because you're probably just looking at you're looking at a guy who's going to end up finishing middle of the road, and that's not really anything I'm right. interested in. Um, all right, Wes, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll go over all of our bets for the century. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right, welcome back to Long Shots. Kelly Bidlin, Wes Reynolds here. Reminder to follow us on X, or you might know it better as Twitter. At least I still do. Uh, at Kelly Bidlin for me, at Wes Reynolds 1. Are we still at Wes Reynolds 1? We no, are. Right? Yeah, okay, there we go. At Wes Reynolds 1. He'll never change it. Why would he? Um, one of the best golf betters out there. Follow him on X, uh, Twitter. Ask him all the questions that you want. Wes was answering, uh, lo- loves answering questions. And Matt Brown, <laughs> at Matt Brown M2, I believe is his. I, it is so bad that I have, like, all your guys memorized. It's really bad. That's what, yes. uh, that's what producing you guys for years does to my brain. Um, all right, bets for the century, my man. Where did you start with on your card? Well, uh, we mentioned him. I'm going to go with him again. I'm prepared to get hurt again. Colin Marikawa, 12 to 1. Uh, ended his... Uh, two- there we go. Okay, nah, we makes two of one. I, I can't, spe- I can't speak one. for Matt, but we're already there. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to jump in front of you real quick, Wes, because is it a pure FOMO bet or a bet you would still make if, he didn't get, if you didn't get robbed last year? Uh, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Admittedly, me too. Admittedly, yes. me too. <laughs> yes, uh, because look, he 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 ended his two year winless drought. Because remember, he was going to end his drought this year or last year, right at this event. Didn't happen. Finally, won in October at the Zozo Championship, uh, and we we know what happened. Uh, you know, he he gave it away, and and John Rahm was right there to take it and went and grabbed it. Uh, but if you look at Morikawa's form here, 7th in 2020, 7th in 2021, 5th in 2022, 2nd in 2023. So yeah. this is a guy that you would expect is going to be up there on Sunday. I think the event carries a little special significance uh, for him this year, considering he did have the family ties to Maui. His grandparents used to own that restaurant out there in the 1950s, 1960s, and 
a lot of these homes that got tore up and these businesses, remember for college basketball, they didn't have the Maui Invitational at, in Maui at the Lion Civic Center. They had it in Honolulu. Uh, where the University of Hawaii is uh, because they had to. So this is like the first big event uh, back on the islands, back in Maui, back at Kapalua. So I think that this is special for Morikawa. Uh, Morikawa, actually, last time he played at the Hero World Challenge, kind of got it, got himself into like a little bit of a rules discrepancy, if you will. Uh, uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, I don't think Matthew Fitzpatrick was a tattletale, but he was pointing something out. There was some kind of rule uh, you can read up on it, but you know, maybe that makes him a little bit ticked off coming into the first event, uh, you know, and have a little chip on your shoulder. And plus with the uh, scar tissue from last year, yeah, I was going to say, I'd be pissed yeah. off and embarrassed enough from a year ago. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Morikawa 12 to one. Uh, I bet not- that too. I don't have much else to add on it. I think you, you pretty much hit everything. I think statistically with everything that I was looking at, you're still talking about a top five uh, guy in my models. Uh, that you're you're talking about. So yes, if even if it was not for the fact that uh, we lost on Morikawa last year, I would be betting him again this year. Yeah, it is it is in mentally a little bit of both, like we said at the beginning. But I would be betting him again this year. I would recommend yeah. him at the number. Yeah, two. and I'm and I'm willing to bet these guys at the same price range as like Ludwig Ober, who yeah, yes, who yeah. by the way probably the hottest player in the game over the last three or four months, but never has played here before. Usually a debutante that you can play well, but you don't usually win here. So that's why I'm willing to take Morikawa and another guy at that number at 14 to one is his uh, uh, Ryder Cup teammate uh, and partner uh, Max Homa at 14 to one, who plays his best golf on the West Coast swing, six PGA Tour wins, four of them in the state of California. Also has played uh, well here before he was third here last year, actually behind uh, Raman Morikawa. Uh, played very well. He was probably maybe the only bright spot on that U.S. Ryder Cup team. Yeah. Uh, uh, tied for low overall scorer with uh, Victor Hovland and uh, Ed Terrell Hatton. And uh, won the Ned Bank Golf Challenge uh, last uh, November in South Africa. So, you know, he, he has played recent r- winning golf. So, Max Homa, 14-1. Uh, Tom Kim at 25-1, to who was fifth here last year. Stayed busy in the fall, played a few DP World Tour events, of course, defended out here in Las Vegas at the Shriners uh, back-to-back. He actually has a new caddy on the bag because Ludwig Ober took Joe Scavrin from him. Joe Scavrin was the guy that worked with Ricky Fowler for about 13 years. So now Kim has to take another caddy, and he grabs Daniel Parat from his uh, fellow South Korean KH Lee. So, man, you get this caddy drama, man. I always wonder how that stuff works. I know. know, I just just happen to see it, but – you know, it's maybe not like, like Tom Kim's an old player. No, so, you know what I mean. Like, and, and, like sometimes that, we see that, right? And that makes sense when a guy's been. Yeah. Uh, you know, you might be able to help me out with an example here, but you know, like so, when someone's been on the bag for someone for 15 years and they're not right. doing much anymore, right. and they want to move to a younger guy, I think that always makes sense. Right. Tom Kim, like this is yeah. supposed to be one of yeah, the most like, exciting young golfers on tour. He's not on the decline. And that's a point that I made in the write up in the column that'll be up later this afternoon at VSN.com. I think it maybe lights a fire under him because he was like the young upstart early twenty yeah. something darling a year ago. Right. You exactly. know, in twenty twenty two and now it's Ludwig Ober. <laughs> You know, who, who won his first TV World Tour event and then won the finale at the RSM down in Sea Island 
Uh, so, you know, Tom Kim, it's like, I'm like, what? He's like, what, 22 years old? He's not yeah, walking. Something, this, yeah. This isn't like when uh, Ted Scott left Bubba Watson, who is a declining there player, you, yes, you, you know, Good to example. go to Scotty Scheffler or, or somebody like that. So, Tom Kim, 25 to 1. One kind of a long shot. I also considered Tom Hoagie. I'm going to play him probably in like a placement market. He's okay. in the like the 170s. But uh, Cam Davis is a guy I like that I actually found at 80 to 1. I think he's kind of like 66 in the market average. What happened? No, you're just going to make me bet him. You know, you know how much money okay. I've, just, I've just burnt away on Cam Davis over the past couple of yeah, years. Yeah, I, I know. But, but there's yeah. a couple good reasons for it, which I'll point out here. <laughs> He added, you know, he's trying to add his name to the list of Aussies that have won here. Stuart Appleby's won here three times. Jeff Ogilvie twice. Cameron Smith two years ago. One of the reasons why the Aussies tend to do pretty well here, not just here, but early on, whether it's at the Sony Open or, you know, at the the Farmers Insurance Open or the Bob Hope or someplace like that. Uh, Bob Hope, now the American Express, of course is because they play in December, because they play those big Australian events, the Australian PGA and the Australian Open, you know, late December, early to mid-November. So they're sharp usually immediately, and they, they don't they don't have the rust some of these other guys have had that have played like one time in like 10, the final 10 weeks yep. of the calendar year. So uh, Cam Davis, by the way, if you look at his last nine worldwide starts, six top 10s and a 12th. So seven top 12s are better in nine starts. And that goes back to the late summer. So this guy's playing really good golf. Uh, uh, tenth on debut here uh, two years ago was ninth uh, a couple years ago at the Sony Open at Wiley. So he's comfortable on the island. So I thought 80 to one, even though you don't get a lot of really longer shots win here. I thought he kind of stood out amongst the bigger price guys. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'll go over my card in a second here, but it's uh, it's some shorter shots and some longer shots. I kind of avoided the middle of the card, but yeah. but like I think that there's good numbers theoretically on some guys there that I just haven't seen in six months. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. uh, what else you got? Where's that everything? That is everything. Uh, okay. A couple matchups I played, and I'm going to put matchups and maybe a couple placements up at Beeson.com, uh, the picks page on Wednesday. Well, I, I think you t- just talked me into a top ten on Camp Davis. I think that's yeah. how I'm going to attack. No, no, I, I probably will use that too. Uh, the only matchups I played, I played Tom Hoagie plus one fifty over Chris Kirk. I did play Xander Shawley minus one thirty five over Ludwig Ober. Ludwig Ooh, is actually like getting that. faded. Uh, in the matchup market, we'll see if the, if that's right. But he's matched up against Homa, Cantlay, and Shoffley. Like these are different levels of player. Hell yes, now yep. that he is being matched up against, and he's getting faded because he hasn't played here before. So he's a guy that I would think could could struggle here. By the way, there are a few different debutants here. Uh, uh, Tommy punch, Fleetwood, right? yeah, yeah, Tommy Fleetwood playing here for the first time because these are elevated events. Because usually some of these Europeans like Fleetwood, Tyrrell Hatton playing here for the first time, they usually start in Abu Dhabi or they usually right. start in Dubai Wyndham over on Clark, the DP World right? Tour. Wyndham Clark is playing yep. here uh, for the first time. I'm just looking down. Denny McCarthy, Eric Cole, a uh, few others. I'm just scrolling down on my board here. Matt Wallace, Benny on. <laughs> The you know, these Vincent are, Norman, come on, Vincent Norman, uh, Kurt Kitayama, <laughs> Pat Rogers. So a lot of these debutantes, because uh, uh, I went through some trends. Some of them were mine. Some of them uh, from Ron Close at PGA Splits 101 on Twitter. And if you look, guys that win here are typically experienced, typically at least have yeah. a start under their belt uh, uh, here. Uh, so I have a bunch of lists of trends. That's that's yeah, at you know that what? column. I- 
I will say, because I didn't bring it up earlier, I don't think, this is definitely, you're, you're not going to hear me reference tournament history outside of, you know, course history outside of like the Masters, you know, and probably a dozen other tournaments throughout the season that I think, and I think it's extremely important or way more important than recent form. This is one that is for sure. Is. Yeah. Yes. I absolutely. I absolutely am more comfortable if I'm looking at making a bet on a guy, a guy who's at least teed it up here before mm-hmm. because it's, yes, it's different playing in Hawaii. Yes. It's different playing at this course. Um, but then, you know, teed up before. And yeah, if they've done well here before, then absolutely at least gives you something as you're going into a tournament to start the year that you at least know a guy who's played well. here. Mm-hmm. And to add to that, I think it's 14 for 14. The last 14 years has at least played one time here at Kapalua okay, in go. terms of yeah. the winners. Uh, uh, 13 of the 14 had at least three PGA Tour victories in their career or more. Uh, yeah, you, you have a lot of these trends, 13 in the last 15, at least played something in December. Now, maybe that's even the hero world challenge. So obviously a lot of the top end guys like the Schefflers and the Hovlins that played there would certainly qualify under that particular right. trend, because you don't want to come in cold where you ain't played in like two, two and a half months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just go over mine quick. Yeah. Morikawa. That's an outright bet for me. All these are outrights. I did play Xander Shoffley at 16 to one former winner here. Yeah, another guy that just historically has played uh, really well here. Um, you know, he was a what was he? he was a withdrawal last year? I don't even. Yeah, remember. yeah, he did because uh, I remember when he won uh, back in. Uh, gosh, what was it? Was it twenty? No, not twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. twenty nineteen. Then he was a runner up. Uh, I think Gary Woodland yep. uh, won two, one two, year and next year. Yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, yep, yeah so. Yeah, so he has very good form here uh, as well. Uh, I've seen a little bit of love for Spieth here, too, uh, this yeah, week, who's got a, a first, a second, and a third. Now, that was bad all the way back from 2014 to 2017, but he's yeah, getting I, some play. Yeah, I think there's I think there's some sharp guys that are heading into the season pretty aggressive on Jordan Spieth from what I've seen. And, and the, look, I think that makes sense. From uh, we, we saw him have a pretty good year last year. Hey? He's not usually a guy that you'll see me betting often, but – um, he did have a pretty good year last year. I think that makes sense. He could uh, he could have a like, could roll that into twenty twenty four. I played Shoffley here. The other guy I wrote down because it, it would be very. Uh, I think you could play him for almost all the similar reasons that I'm I'm citing for Xander Shoffley. You're just going to get a slightly worse number on him. It's Patrick Cantlay. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he's got everything here to back up a play on him. Uh, I know you're talking short odds, but this is this is where the odds get a little bit interesting, a little bit different from what we talk talk about and see week to week. Because this is a smaller field, you're talking 59 guys, so it's obviously a, a 14 to one or 16 to one is not the same with 59 guys as when you have 120 out there. So yeah. it, you know it is it is something to keep in mind. And you know when you talk about the longer shots that we're looking at, oh okay, those be, you know those become even more valuable than what uh, what the numbers are next to them. So you something did, to keep. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Beth. You did just mention Cantlay. And I wonder, you know, maybe this is finally going to be the big year for Patrick Cantlay yeah, me too. because he he took a lot of hell during the Ryder Cup. He really, you did. know, for for you know talking about the money and whatnot and the little kerfuffle with Rory McIlroy that that uh, you know in, in, involved the, the cat the caddies getting involved, Joe Lacava is getting involved. Yeah. And, it was a whole deal. And, uh, you know, Cantlay has kind of not had positive publicity 
uh, in the offseason because, you know, he's been openly talking about being paid uh, for the Ryder Cup. Shoffley was certainly a part of that, as well as Shoffley's father, who's also his agent. Uh, so, you know, but Cantlay, now is the time for Cantlay, like it especially really at a major. Yeah. Like, yeah. like he's too good not to be a major champion. He has everything you want. I mean, Xander Shoffley, too, right? Right. <laughs> it's right. The same thing, Now's right? the time for these guys it to, really is. Uh, you yeah, know, really win is. something really substantial. Yeah, so I didn't, w- I didn't want to stack the card with, obviously, too many short shot guys. I got more Cowell already. So I bet Shoffley. I, I bet Shoffley, if you feel strong about Cantlay, I think you could easily bet him, too, though. And I would yeah. have full support for that. Oh, well. I'll be betting him a lot, that, like like I usually do, and yep. maybe maybe get hurt uh, and have some pain, but he i th- i think he's going to have a big year. Yeah, me yeah, me too. Me too. Uh moving down the card. Okay, this is where I start to get into longer shots. I think the other thing I'll just, you know, kind of kind of heads up and tip for this event. I don't know about US, but oh my god, did I find some very very different numbers from book to book. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, this is Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think it's I think it just shows you that you know, odds makers are are, are coming in with kind of the same rust that betters are, right? We talk about this often at the beginning of almost every season in every sport that, you know, Hey, if you're looking at dogs in the NFL or so, make sure you're betting that right. money line too. And not, right. you know, not just taking the points because everybody's scrambling to figure out these teams. I think it's the same case here. So like Eric Cole, I played him because it mainly because I found a 75 to one out, out there on him. Um, look, this is a breakout year for this guy. And it, and it continued all the way into, into the fall. We're talking about a T3 at the RSM T2 at the Zozo T3 at Shriners fourth, at the Fortinet. Um, yes, it's his first time at at this course, but here's the thing I kept coming back to with him, Wes. What's the one, the biggest problem with his game is he sprays it off the tee, yeah. right? But you're dealing with 50 yards wide of fairway. Yeah, not here. a lot, not a lot of danger here. Exactly. And you talked about hitting out of the rough. It's not really penal that you're going to be seeing these guys hitting out of the rough. So even if he is kind of spraying it with the driver a bit, I think he's still got a chance. So played him 75 to one. And then one of the long bombs that I played was Luke List. Um, he is, uh, another guy that's been active this fall, not exactly incredible results, but at least he's been playing T19 at the RSM T20 at Bermuda T45 at the WWT T18 at the Shriners. He won Sanderson. One, yeah. 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 was T11 here last year. Uh, you know, it doesn't have a ton of experience here, but did put up that last year. Um, I think he graded, he rated as the worst putter in the field to me, but that's what's always going to happen with Luke List. That's always what's going to be the case. Mm-hmm. You just, we're talking about, can I get one hot week of putting out of him on a slow, slow Bermuda putting surface? Or, or can he do what happen. he did at the uh, Farmers uh, Insurance a couple years ago and just, uh, well, I know I can't putt, so I'm just going to knock uh, my approach shot dead to like two feet right. and uh, kill all the Will Zalatoris betters uh, out <laughs> okay, there. But yeah, by funny. the way, Zalatoris, of course, not in this field this week because he didn't win because he missed most of last year so he's going to be somebody to watch early in the season though because he returned back at the hero in the bahamas yeah putting was not good he was doing that that little like sweeping motion and might want to go back to the drawing i I did i he was one of my two that i bet actually in that event i thought it was a, a good sign and then yeah he did not putt well yeah yeah no absolutely best bet recap yeah, yeah, yeah. I got new sounders. I'm firing at us. Oh so, wow! All right, let's we are, just we run are highfalutin. That's right. Podcast. Let's just run through them all real quick. Uh, all, all outright plays for me: Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, Eric Cole, and Luke List. Reminder: Shop around. You will find different prices on these guys at a lot of different. Like I think Circa 
it's not like it was like 40 ish or something on, yeah. on Eric Cole. Like they, Eric Cole has been a popular guy this fall. That, like that's all it's, it's getting hit because like yeah. my, uh, my Colin Marikawa 12 to one, I missed the 14, unfortunately, but yeah, I saw it circuit. He was like nine to one or plus eight fifty. Right, so exactly. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I took, I took a, I took an odds boost on him this week. Uh, which yes. We did have an odds boost at Caesars for uh, available for 14 to one. On nice. So nice. Yeah, just, absolutely. First Take one of those I've ever those. bet, I think. <laughs> Take advantage of those promotions uh, with new books and obviously new jurisdictions across the country uh, uh, making all this stuff legal. So uh, for me, Colin Morikawa, 12 to 1. Max Homa, uh, his uh, Ryder Cup team partner at 14 to 1. Tom Kim, 25 to 1. Cam Davis, 80 to 1. The only two matchups I've bet so far, Tom Hoagie, plus 150 over Chris Kirk. Xander Schauffele, minus 135 over Ludwig Gobert. Ludwig Gobert might be the player I fade this week in multiple yeah. matchups. But any other matchups, placement market bets, uh, uh, vcin.com slash picks on our pro picks page. Uh, we'll likely post those sometime on Wednesday. Yeah, that's the uh, um, I am definitely telling you on that matchup. And you're right. I'm going to have to look at those a little bit more. It's not really matchups. I'm not going to really spread around a lot here, but I think if there is someone to go against, he's a good one to kind of target this week. I think could, you could target him with a few different matchups. And Xander, I'm already on an outright with him. Obviously, I like the guy yeah. this week. So that's a matchup I'm definitely going to be tailing you on. All right. That's going to do it for us here this week. Uh, back next week, Sony Up. We'll hopefully have all three of us back here. Matt Brown in as well with me and Wes. Uh, Wes, good luck on the bets. Everybody out there, good luck on the bets. Welcome back, PGA Tour season. We'll talk to you next week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.